Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Let's talk carbon tax here. Um, I think the ship has sailed on whether or not we're going to have carbon taxes, right? I mean, that was the battle not all that long ago. Carbon taxes won't work. We don't need a... They're here. They're here. Uh, so the question is now, what do we do with them? Uh, let's chat with Ken Bossenkuhl, who's worked on past provincial and federal conservative platforms. He's a prof at Max Bell School of Public Policy at McGill and a research fellow at the Smart Prosperity Institute. Ken, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Good to be here. So we agree, right? The carbon taxes, it's, it's a done deal. They're here to stay, especially after what we saw this week. Yeah, there's no political constituency left for fighting carbon taxes. Uh, even, even if you look at the people that voted for the PPC, if you construct a carbon tax with a nice tax refund, you can get about 30 to 40% of them on side. And so if you haven't, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't even got the, the PPC voters opposed to it, I don't think you're going to be building a too big a coalition when they only got five, 7% of the vote in Alberta and 5% nationally. Uh, you're not going to be doing very well. And that is the thing. I mean, all political parties, I mean, when we're talking about the major parties, they all have some sort of carbon tax in their platform. It's, it's basically accepted right across the spectrum now. Yeah, I mean, the public expects our political parties to do something about climate change, and the public has largely equated carbon taxes as the most effective and efficient way to address climate change. And I think in so doing, they are correct. It's a market-based mechanism. It's a way to change incentives. It's a way to get uh, emissions down without having the government stick its fingers and its toes and its ears and its elbows into our economy and muck it all up. Um, how was it won? How did it change? Because, I mean, as we know, the province of Alberta was in, uh, in court challenging the carbon tax not all that long ago. So um, when did it change where most Canadians became accepting of it? I got into politics, and it's going to age me a bit. My first campaign was knocking in lawn signs for the Reform Party in 1988 and then went to Ottawa with Preston Manning in 1994. And in those days, you know, getting the deficit under control, the zero and three, we were, we were, we were thought to be radicals. We were crazy. We could never balance the budget in three years. And then we got to Ottawa and we continued to push hard. And from the 1995 federal budget by Paul Martin with lots of pressure from Preston Manning, guess what it did? It got rid of the deficit in three years. And for many, many years, running deficits was something we didn't really want to do. Now, we could argue that we've lost a bit of that in the last few years, and that's fair. But same thing you can say about free trade. I think on these sort of big national issues, we have debates between political parties, within political parties. And I think those debates are good and healthy. And if we would have just said carbon taxes are yeah. good and they're here to stay and everyone agrees without having that debate, that would have been a bad thing. But we've had the debate. You know, conservatives win a lot of arguments. Uh, I think conservatives are on the wrong side of this one, but they, you know, politically, I would say they lost the argument, and that's fine. Let's move on. Um, but you made a good point. Not all carbon taxes are created equal, and how the government no. goes about crafting it can really make a difference, right? 
Well, this is this is what I'm excited about is now that we've agreed that carbon taxes are here to say let's let's design a good one. Yeah. The federal government, for example, has on top of its carbon tax about forty billion dollars in expenditures over the next ten years. Plus, it's got all of these regulations to fiddle with this and fiddle with that and tweak this and tweak that. And it's like either have faith in the carbon tax that it's going to change incentives and get get emissions down and get rid of all this other stuff. So I think as a conservative, I'm very excited about the opportunity to uh, not only, you know, use carbon tax revenues to cut taxes, but take this other $40 billion and use that to cut taxes too. And I think we, we could have a stronger economy and do something for the environment. And I think that's a pretty exciting place to be. So how do we do that? Like you said, I mean, you can really make it uh, much less contentious if you, if you rebate a lot of it, right? I mean, that's that's sort of the starting point, and there is some of that in the Canadian carbon tax. Yeah, they're re- they're rebating a lot of it, but I guess what I would say is not only are they not rebating all of it, which we should do, but we should also not spend all this other money on yeah. incentives for electric cars and stuff, and we can use that to cut taxes. The other interesting thing, and I'm going to get a little bit into the weeds here. I took a look at which kind of voters get the best rebates from the federal carbon tax and it turns out it turns out that the people that are get get the worst deal under the federal rebates are people who live in suburbs and people who live in rural areas now gee i wonder what kind of voters those are yeah, yeah. and so even the liberals have tweaked a little bit on the edges tweaked their rebates to uh benefit the people that either vote for them or they want to vote for them and have tweaked it again so i think conservatives could also say we're going to have better design rebates for rural Alberta. We're going to have, for rural Canada, we're going to have better design rebates for uh, for people who live in suburbs and have to drive uh, their kids around and big families and the kind of people who vote for Conservatives. And this is the key issue because Alberta, in fighting the federal carbon tax and not coming up with a plan of their own, you're automatically defaulting to the federal one. So it's an opportunity, really, for the UCP to to bring in a tax that works for Albertans. You know, I, I kind of chuckle about this because Jason Kenney's constantly talking about not letting Justin Trudeau make decisions for Albertans. But he actually, now in fairness, the industrial carbon tax, so the carbon tax on our industrial emissions, on our oil sands and all that, that's collected and administered by the provincial government. But the carbon tax on retail, on gasoline that we put in our car, on, on the home heating fuel, all of that money is collected by Justin Trudeau. And guess who gets to decide how to spend that money? Justin Trudeau. So it kind of baffles me that Jason Kenney is letting Justin Trudeau decide how to spend this big chunk of money. Let's repatriate that money and bring it back to Alberta. Um, Now, so much talk this week about carbon tax. Of course, that was the central theme that we heard out of Glasgow. Does it change the discussion at all? I mean, uh, in Canada, we've already got a carbon, a very aggressive one, really. Um, Alberta, we don't. Where do you think we go from here in terms of carbon taxes in Alberta and Canada? Is it I think Canada was well Canada was well ahead of the globe on this stuff. Uh, I think our discussions are ahead. I think some of the a couple of things. One, I think we should bring the federal carbon tax back to Alberta and decide how to spend it ourselves. Yeah. Two, I think we do need to have a debate about how fast we go to 170 if other countries around the globe are reluctant to move. We really have to figure out and make sure that we don't cripple our domestic industries, our oil sands industries, our natural gas industries, and so on. That we don't that we're not Boy Scouts. So we don't go to 100 to 170 uh, quickly in the rest of the world. Or, out of nature the world. So those those are sort of more in the weeds type of discussions that I think we need to start uh, having more of in the in the coming weeks, months, and years. Yeah, the details. Ken, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Talk you to you soon. Ken Bossen, cool, who we've had on the show before.
He's worked on past provincial and federal conservative platforms and is a prophet. Maxwell School of Public Policy at McGill. 